this is a part of our worship every week where we're able to look back and remember the sacrifice that Jesus was for all of us and to also think about how that causes us to live now, um, what's brought us all together to be here this morning, to be able to spend this time with one another as well. Um, I'm going to start in Hebrews chapter 1. After God spoke long ago in various portions and in various ways to our ancestors through the prophets, in these last days he has spoken to us in a son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the world. The son is the radiance of his glory and the representation of his essence, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. And so, when he had accomplished cleansing for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, and thus he became so far better than the angels, as he has inherited a name superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have fathered you? And in another place he says, I will be his father and he will be my son. But when he again brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And he says of the angels, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and a righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness, hated lawlessness. So God, your God, has anointed you over your companions with the oil of rejoicing. And you founded the earth in the beginning, Lord, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you continue, and they will all grow old like a garment. And like a robe, you will fold them up, and like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will never run out. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who will inherit salvation? In this text throughout Hebrews, we see a lot of different types of uh, revelation from God throughout the time. Here we saw, obviously revealed through the prophets, a taste of what was to come. Um, as we even saw there, seeing the angels, a type um, to be able to see part of that glory that comes from heaven. Um, in chapter 2, funnily enough, there is some text that talks about um, Psalms 8 and actually references some of those verses of the glory and the honor and all things being put under control of Jesus. As we go throughout Hebrews, and we're not going to go into every single text, um, but this will be a good taste to go back and read more about some of these things um, throughout this week. Uh, we see the reference between Jesus and Moses. I'm thinking about Moses leading the people of God into this land of promise and into this rest. Um, this morning we're going to remember the death of Jesus and think about that ultimate rest that comes through him and see how he has led us to this place where we could all be together today. Um, continuing on throughout Hebrews, we see references back to the priesthood of old. We see some of the sacrifices that were made and what those meant for the people. Um, we even see the tabernacle and how it was constructed to give this taste of what's to come as God gave all of these things so we could see some of that beauty, some of that glory of what is um, in heaven and what is that eternity with him. And then we see in chapter 8 the high priest of a better covenant. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, 
one who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the sanctuary, in the true tabernacle that the Lord, not man, set up. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So this one, too, had to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are only priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. The place where they serve is a sketch and a shadow of the heavenly sanctuary, just as Moses was warned by God as he was about to complete the tabernacle, where he says, See that you make everything according to the design shown to you on the mountain. But now Jesus has obtained a superior ministry, since the covenant that he mediates is also better and is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant that had been faultless, no one would have looked for a second one. But showing its fault, God says to them, Look, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will complete a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I will not be like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I have no regard for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will establish with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, I will inscribe them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they my people. And there will be no need at all for each one to teach his countrymen, or each one to teach his brother, saying, Know the Lord, since they will all know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful towards their evil deeds, and their sins I will remember no longer. When he speaks of a new covenant, he makes the first obsolete. Now what is growing obsolete and aging is about to disappear. After that, he goes into some of the specifics of the holy place, when the priest would go in there, when they would go to put off the sins of the people and give them some time to be able to come back and reconcile with God. This rhythm went on for a really long time until something better came along. Um, if you turn over to chapter 10, I'm going to read some verses there. It talks about the old sacrifices and that sketch that we heard earlier, that shadow of what those did, but then talks about what Jesus as our sacrifice does as well. For the law possesses a shadow of the good things to come, but not the reality itself, and is therefore completely unable by the same sacrifices offered continually, year after year, to perfect those who came to worship. For otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers would have been purified once for all, and so have no further consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin year after year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you took no delight in. And then I said, Here I am, I have come. It is written of me in the scrolls of the book to do your will, O God. When he says above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor did you take delight in them, which are offered according to the law, then he says, here I am, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first to establish the second, but his will we have been made, by his will we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 
And every priest stands day after day, serving and offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices that can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God, where he is now waiting until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are made holy. And the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us after saying, This is the covenant that I will establish with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws on their heart and inscribe them on their minds. Their sin and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there is no, no longer any offering for sin. Seeing these things and being able to witness have the accounts of those who witnessed firsthand what Jesus went through. Every week, whenever we come and we take of the bread and the cup, we can look back and we can think on the sacrifice that he is. We can also think about how he went through that sacrifice himself so that we could all have the hope of heaven, the hope of eternity, the hope of life through him. In verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the flesh and the living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and the assurance that faith brings, because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. And let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess, for the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another onto love and to good works, not abandoning our own meetings, as are the habit of some, but encouraging each other, and even more so because you see the day drawing near. For if we deliberately keep on sinning after receiving the knowledge of truth, no further sacrifice for sins is left for us, but only a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume God's enemies. Someone who has rejected the law of Moses to put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much greater punishment do you think that person deserves who has contempt for the Son of God and profanes the blood of the covenant that made him holy and insults that spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But remember the former days when you endured a harsh conflict of suffering after you were enlightened. At times you were publicly exposed to abuse and afflictions. And at other times you came to share the others who had treated in that way. For in fact you shared the sufferings of those in prison and you accepted the confiscation of our belongings with joy. It's because you knew that you certainly had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence because it has a great reward. For you need endurance in order to do God's will and so receive what is promised. For a little longer, and he who is coming will arrive and not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure. For we are not among those who shrink back and thus perish, but are among those who have faith to preserve their souls. You want to turn over to Romans chapter 5. We're going to finish off with a few verses there. We see in Corinthians, it tells us to examine ourselves and to think about what's in our heart. 
it's when we come together to take of the bread, to take of the cup, as we remember Jesus and the sacrifice that he gave. And I think those verses in Hebrew are, are really convicting that we don't forget the sacrifice that was made and what that means for all of us, but that as we come together, we come together in unity of spirit and of mind around the sacrifice that Jesus was. <clears throat> if you will start with, <clears throat> start with me in verse 12 of chapter 5 there in Romans. So then, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all people because all sinned. For because the law was given, sin was in the world, but there is no accounting for sin when there is no law. Yet <clears throat> death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who did not sin in the same way that Adam, who is a type of the coming one, transgressed. But the gracious gift is not like the transgression. For if the many died through the transgression of one man, how much more did the grace of God and the gift of grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, multiplied to the many. And the gift is not like the one who sinned, for judgment resulting from the one transgression led to condemnation, but the gracious gift from the many failures led to this justification. For if by the transgression of the one man death reigned through the one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as condemnation for all people came through one transgression, so, too, through the one righteous act came righteousness, leading to life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man many were constituted sinners, so also through the obedience of one man many will be constituted righteous. Now the law came in so that the transgression may increase. But where sin increased, grace multiplied all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray through these things before we begin. Yahweh, Father God, as we come before you now, thinking back on the sacrifice that Jesus was, and coming here as a man, being able to fulfill the things that had come before, to set things right, to allow us to come to you and to have this connection. We have heavy hearts when we come to do this as we think about ourselves and also think about the love that you have for us, the confidence that we have through that, and the understanding that we can only gain through your actions the belief that we have and the faith and the hope that is confirmed time and time again by you showing up for us as your people. As we're about to partake, we're about to pray in a few moments for this bread and this cup. <clears throat> we pray you be with our minds and we can focus in on the sacrifice that was the only sacrifice that could do this for all of us. As we think about all the types that came before that were calling forward, all those people that were living in faith, we pray now as we can look back and see it fulfilled. We have that same faith every week as we come to take this together. That, that belief is something that we 
share with others and champion throughout time to show what Jesus has done in all of us, what he continues to do, and also to share that with others so that they can come to partake of this meal, to come around the table to be your children. We just pray that you'll be with us as we take of this, that we will examine ourselves, that we'll think about the truth that was in this passage, that we'll be able to think about the true sacrifice Jesus and proclaim with confidence that salvation has been given. It's in his name.